0: This is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio.
1: And Brooke it. And Brooke you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. And that's fire! All right, let's go
0: with the Brock and Salk show here on Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com and yes the Seattle Sports application as well it's a formal Friday, good morning to all of you, hope you are uh, dealing okay with the cold, be careful there's some black ice out there, there's uh a Might want to leave yourself an extra couple of minutes as it sure looks like uh, cars are frozen over and frosty and all of that stuff this morning. So uh, make sure to uh, plan accordingly as you are waking up and heading out to your cars. Uh, We got a big day today. Bryce Miller will be on the show today. Stacy Rost is going to come join us. Uh, I know both Justin and Mora had a big night last night, so I'm excited to hear about uh, what things were like at the Seattle Sports Awards. We'll do that here in just a moment as well. And I, um, I got to watch Caitlin Clark, which was just phenomenal. What a, what a, what a really cool moment. I uh, got home. I missed the very beginning. How about this? This girl's too good. Game starts at five, right? I had to drop off Avery. I don't know, ten minutes from our house. And so I had to drop her off at five. I do that. I get home at 10, 12 past five, maybe. I'm like, okay, she needed eight points, but I'm sure they didn't start quite on time. I'll get in there. I'll turn it on Peacock. Peacock! And uh, I'm sure that she will be uh, you know, breaking the record any minute. No, she would already done it. In fact, she already had 18 points. And to uh forty nine on the oh, night so and the you tennis missed it. assist. Well, I didn't think I could. I, I thought it anyway, so that was just sort <laughs> of a uh sort of a small bummer. I know you guys didn't get a chance to see it. You guys were uh at the big Seattle Sports Awards last night. How was that?
2: It was awesome. Fancy. Yeah, we were like Messaging you guys, and you were just uh, still talking about Caitlin Clark and well, ignoring us. Yeah, Brock
0: was crying; it was a whole thing. I was but... like, I was
2: sending pictures <laughs>
0: and videos of Mora interviewing
3: Michael Penix on our set. And you guys yeah, just like, and Brock's okay, like, cool. I'm crying uh, with my family Caitlin over Clark. Caitlin
2: Clark, and then pictures of ribs. Like yeah. you guys just weren't weren't <laughs> well, about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we were just sort of in a different headspace. We weren't all dressed up like you guys were. I thought Justin was very. Um, very muted. Didn't go oh. too big. I mean, it's Thanks. sort of a normal colored nothing, suit. Honestly, on. nothing more I hate than wearing I mean,
2: a suit. still went pretty, pretty bright, a like a I mean, bright blue. blue. Yeah. It's nice. Blue? It's your kickball wedding suit, Yeah, right? it's
3: the suit that I had to buy on the way to the wedding where I forgot a suit.
2: <laughs> that makes it not sound nice, but it's actually a very nice suit. Yeah, it's fine.
0: More, you look great. You guys both did. Thank Justin, you yeah. looked great. Thank you. Lefko looked great. Leftco kind of has a um, Mike Ross from Suits vibe going when he puts on a tie. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, he was regretting the
3: tie. Greatly. He was, yeah. Oh,
0: he looked great in the tie.
3: I know, but if we as soon as we left the little media he's like, "I'm not wearing a tie
0: next year. It's just oh, I can't really? do it. Like, I, I gotta be more casual at the open. Too open much, call. too much pressure. I, guess, <laughs> I once, guess once you put on the tie, no. I thought he looked great as he well. Did. And so, uh, what happened? What? Who'd you guys meet? What was the night like?
2: What? Uh, we Well, Taylor's, our um, social media guy, Taylor Jacobs, is going to be getting some videos up later. I got to talk to, and just Justin helped with the video, I got to talk to Nate McMillan, uh, Michael Penix, Jermaine Curse, KJ, of course.
0: So I didn't realize you were even doing that. So you were, you were... We didn't do like it a, live
2: this year. We've done a stream before, so right. we just took some videos that we'll be putting up on social okay. media later. So you did a whole like Taylor had to thing? take care of the John Schneider show and everything else yesterday, so...
0: Yeah. I, you didn't even tell me you were doing that. I had no idea. Yeah. It oh, was, so that was cool.
2: Well, I, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be a little more casual. I was told since we weren't doing it live, like, you know, just talk to a couple people, but they had a whole setup for us with chairs and awesome. and a backdrop and everything. So it, it was nice and uh, great to catch up with everyone. But I think that the story of the night really was that Justin got to meet one of his idols. I got to meet my
3: hero. Your hero. And
2: like, Literally was blushing. I was like, do you want me to take a picture? Really? And he was like, you walked into the room and I was it. like,
0: um, excuse me, he's here.
2: I'm surprised you haven't guessed who it is. Yet.
0: Um, It's a Seattle person? Yeah. In a way. In a way. <laughs> I'll just tell you, I got to meet Bowie.
3: Oh. I finally meet <laughs> He Like, I, all the mascots I saw coming in, I'm like, oh, yes, the whole squad's here. And then because KJ was <laughs> sort of using the Seattle sports area as, like, home base, uh-huh. everybody was coming over to KJ. Right. So then all of the mascots from all of the sports teams came over to our booth, and Bowie was there. And I'm like, well, obviously, I can't Which get a picture Which is funny because Bowie. you
2: know my my thing with mascots. I'm kind of like Kyle Brown with birds with mascots. Get a little freaked out. And they always seem to end up near me. Yeah. It's, and, like, every single mascot in the city was over at our Seattle sports thing taking, taking oh, so a the the picture. So the moose was there.
3: Yeah. I mean, every yeah. all of Blitz Literally every one of Doppler, uh, Doppler was there. All, of, all of the college mascots. Blitz. Dubs himself was there. Dubs. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, yeah. The,
2: yeah, there do- was the actual it, was... dog. The actual Both. dog
0: Both the actual dog and the uh, pretend dog. Yes. Wow. Wow. Harry. It was Harry. It yes. was it was very, very
3: cool. I don't
2: know. And we had I don't know their names. I think we had the Seawolves rugby. They have like an Orca. Wow. Um
0: Seawolves was Sanders.
3: I think there was a Thunderbirds
2: match. Yeah, we had Butch, uh, I yeah.
0: would assume was
3: there. Tons of
2: mascots. You no, know, I don't think I
0: saw Butch. Okay. Butch was missing. Yeah. Probably wasn't much. Um
2: but literally <laughs> no, you no. might think that we're joking. Justin actually got like a little nervous. He was so excited to take a picture of it.
0: Dude, with what me. is wrong with you? I was
3: just love Bowie. <laughs> I don't He encapsulates everything that looks like a fun nine-year-old, and he is
0: just the best. He's kind of the biggest look-at-me mascot, though, don't you think? No. What? Every mascot's a look-at-me (laughs) mascot. No, the moose is understated. Understated? For a mascot. I mean, he's a moose. He's just there. He's got the antlers. That's not his fault. He's not, like, trying to have- Oh, you mean of Seattle mascots? Yeah. I'm like, because there's- they're like All of the Philly of mascots all, are pretty yes, absurd. That's true. Of all of the Seattle mascots, Bowie is the by far the most over the top, by far the most look at me, and by far the one that, of course, you would be blushing <laughs> to love me. Yeah, yeah. So I
3: love Bowie. He saw that Justin was
2: taking some video. He started like headbanging into the phone for him.
3: Oh, really? They all sat down, down on the stuff. set with the microphones and were like, pinching their noses. And stuff. They, they were very fun. So yeah, wh- was,
2: they pretended to do interviews on our set, and I didn't know what they were going to do because they can't talk. Right, that's and tough. Apparently, they all have squeaky noses.
0: They do. Yeah, they all
2: started like pressing their noses, and it squeaks and makes noise. And makes noise. So at I've, least a couple of I've them. I've
0: been around both Blitz and uh, and the Moose. I don't know how many dozen times. I've never heard any squeaky. Maybe they noses. don't. Maybe there they was don't. two
2: that sat down that had squeaky that had
0: squeaky noses. noses. Mm-hmm. Wow, I think. mean, uh, obviously that was the biggest. Gertrude, Gertrude would have loved that. She loves a good squeaky sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. She'd get right after that. Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: All right. Uh, well, uh, uh, Dennis Erickson we saw. Baldwin was there. How is was KJ as a host? kj did v- so Fantastic. good yeah i was expecting him to just walk out to the podium like everyone else stand there kind of deliver yeah. the monologue he had a wireless mic so he was able to walk around and be very animated and mm. use his hand like he was really really, really yeah he good.
2: was using the full stage and yeah he wrote his own jokes and he did a good job he had everyone laughing really yeah. did they comfortable.
0: get comfortable did, did he have to uh, the only person who like edited them was his wife
2: that's what he told us yeah. scary
0: yeah, I would have wanted some more eyes on that. Well, before. we talked
2: to Adam Ray beforehand too, and he was like, "I asked him if he had any help writing his jokes, and he said no." And I was like, "Good luck." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adam was there.
2: Yes. Yeah. And you I guys talked to him.
0: Yeah. Was Bob okay with that? <laughs>
2: Pubbles I don't there. know. I didn't check. <laughs> well, yeah. Lefko was there. He's their spokesperson. we'll, we'll
0: see. Hopefully you guys don't get in any trouble later. I mean,
2: I most of the time I talked to him was just him making fun of Lefko. Adam Rave really likes to get after Lefko. Yeah, what's up
0: with that? It I seems don't know. Uh, seems a little cruel. <laughs> I mean, poor Lefko and the guy's wearing a tie He's already feeling self conscious. And what do you gotta do? You gotta get after him even more. So
2: Actually uh, we tweet we posted a picture of uh Lefko, Justin and I all dressed up and most of the comments were about their shoes.
0: Oh, the sneakers? Yeah. yeah. they look like they sort of matched, at <laughs> least on. Uh, kind did. Yeah. It looks like you guys had kind of planned ahead on that. No. Oh, no, no,
3: I just was like, what shoes are you wearing? He told me, and I was like, that's oh, good. That means I don't have to wear dress shoes. We're, we're good here. <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: just wear the same the same basically the same color. Sports show. Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. Um that's really cool. It, it is a great event. I'm sorry I couldn't be there last night. I had to watch Caitlin Clark, but it was um it is a great event. It is a cool thing when you bring together all of the all of the various people in our industry, and by I mean the greater sports industry, not just sports media, and bring them together in one spot. I saw that Larry Stone received a big award which is awesome well deserved really cool. uh michael Penix, male athlete of the year is that right mm-hmm. yes
2: jewel lloyd from the storm female uh sports star of the year nice and i didn't they it was running a little late i didn't get to see who won sports story of the year but i assumed UW men's football was so. gonna win that, that one that as would well. probably
0: make sense yeah. When uh, when Jewel Lloyd went up there, did they play that Run the Jewel song that they play whenever she scores? Because that's kind of awesome.
2: She's at the NBA All Star game, yes. so uh, she had so to so accept by there. video.
0: That's yeah. too bad. Well, it is awesome whenever they play that she scores and they play that Run the Jewel song. It's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty perfect. perfect, pretty darn awesome. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. Thank you for the uh, for the update from last night, Justin. I hope you're able to get through today, even after the excitement of meeting Bowie last night. I'm Thank sure you. today will be uh, challenging I'm for, for you. Myself. Bowie was, and then uh,
2: Bowie uh, posted one of the pictures, Justin.
0: Oh, well. my gosh. Yeah. Wow. We're, you basically, we're basically friends.
3: That basically worked for the Kraken. <laughs> uh,
0: was Bowie at all interested in how his team was doing because they were battling Morris Bruins no, uh, and that. did a pretty darn good job. That'll be a need to know. Along with, oh, I don't know, John Schneider talking and all of the coordinators talking and everything else. Next on Brock and Sulk need to know
4: 15 minutes past every hour with brock and Salk.
0: here's what you need to know up first well it uh, was decision day yesterday and apparently it came and went without a whole lot of action the seahawks opted to stay the course with geno smith They opted to stay the course with Draymond Jones and really any other players whose contracts became guaranteed today. John Schneider explained yesterday with Wyman and Bob and his first John Schneider show of the season uh, that they are approaching 2024 with the same expectations of trying to win.
1: The coaches at this time of the year are usually going through, you know, getting a free agency. They're kind of giving some names for drafts draft guys to study, right? So, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of anxiety from that point of view for the coaching staff, but hey, look, it's like hey, we got that right now. We'll get caught up with that later. Let's get the staff together. Let's 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 build this continuity and, and 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 build this whole philosophy that we're going to be, you know, working through together, and then then that'll come together. Now, how fast that like, you know, I think I think based on the Open lines of communication—the way it's gone so far—I I, don't—I don't—I don't see a lot of hindrances to uh, you know what would lead to success on uh, on the field. I do not don't look at it like—and I have been through coaching changes, mm-hmm. and so you know it's like oh you got to take that. I don't—I don't feel that. I, I could see where people would think well you know you know people are going to have to adjust. Yeah, everybody's got to adjust, but everybody's got to adjust every year. And if you're not adjusting. You're falling behind.
0: Yeah, so no, no thought of a step back year or anything like that. They're trying to win more games than they did a year ago. As for uh, Schneider, he did also receive a new title. Did you know John was now the president of football operations? I didn't realize that that had changed. He explained what that means.
1: Honestly, it's just an accountability with the coaches, right? So now the coaches report to me, and in the past that that just wasn't the case. The coaches reported to Pete Carroll and and. Uh, the two of us reported ownership and now uh coaching reports up through us and uh you know it, it, it's something that you know probably shoot six seven years ago we did contractually uh just because you don't know if or when pete was going to retire you know so um yeah, it was really just a contractual deal. So if if uh, you know if Pete was not going to be here at a certain time, it was just like this automatic kick in, and, and uh, so here we go.
0: Yeah, so those are some of the changes. Uh, it was interesting to hear from the coordinators. Uh, we will play some sound from uh, Adam Dirty and from Ryan Grubb. Uh, But I did like Grubbs' answers when it came to running the ball versus throwing, because I think that is sort of the one concern that we may have about him is, okay, what is, are you, are you able to do a real running system in the NFL? And I think he clarified, yeah,
5: I think, you know, over the course of my career, we've, we've done both. Certainly. Um, I think, you know, when you look at what we did probably more specifically at UW over the last two seasons, we were you know, accentuating the positives. And there's three receivers that are probably going to get drafted this year. And so I think, you know, moving the football through the air was a logical choice. Um, And we are going to be a physical team in Seattle. And um, over the years, that's something that we've certainly done when the components all matched up.
0: And I would think they would match up here for them to try to do that moving forward. Here's the second thing you need to know well, I talked to some folks yesterday in Chicago They really do expect that Cody Bellinger Eventually is going to sign with the Cubs There'll be a stare down with Boris But they think he will end up signing there If he does, it likely takes away another destination For Matt Chapman Who continues to just be the one remaining free agent That fits here in Seattle We talked to Ryan Divish about the latest Yeah,
5: like you've talked about it before But sometimes a player's value is all about The timing of need Of opportunity you know, like Matt Chapman's value to the Mariners three months ago maybe wasn't as high when they were still trying to piece together how they're going to even have the payroll to do anything. But now Matt Chapman's value to the Mariners is a little higher because they finished all these other pieces and here's one piece and you say, look, this is the accentuating piece. We don't have to do anything else. You know, and that's the one thing you could tell on to Stan is maybe like, hey, look, if we do this now, we might not need to go get guys at the mm-hmm. trade deadline or as many guys.
0: It's a good point. We'll play you the rest of that Divish interview coming up here in about 10 minutes. But those opportunities for Chapman continue to go away. The Blue Jays are expected to sign third baseman Eduardo Escobar, who started last year for the Mets, and he'll pair with Justin Turner. That would probably take them out of the running. The Angels are looking to sign Ahmed Rosario. That might take them out of the running. Uh, We've already talked about how the Giants have moved on. So, you know, the number of destinations for Chapman are dwindling. Hopefully the Mariners can take advantage.
1: Here's the third thing you need to know.
0: Well, what a moment last night. Didn't take long for Caitlin Clark to break Kelsey Plum's all-time scoring record in women's college basketball. She dropped 23 points in the first quarter alone on the way to scoring 49 on the night. In total, what was so impressive about it was the 10 assists. Honestly, if she had wanted to be a ball hog and dropped the all-time single game record is 62, 61, 62. She could have done that If she just wanted to shoot every time She absolutely could have done that She's good enough And she had it last night But no she looks ahead. She, she involves her teammates. Just a spectacularly fun player to watch. The Kraken, meanwhile, always had a bunch of Boston guys since uh, their inception, so maybe that's why they've owned that building, but they win again there last night with the local kids, Joey Decord and Maddie Beneers, both playing a huge role. 37 saves for Decord. He was awesome. Three points, including a goal for Maddie Beneers, so it was good for them uh, to get back to their hometown and win. I'm sure they were loving the Booze the Bruins received in the final seconds of that game as uh, it ended with a 4-1 win on the road and uh, if you were paying attention Tiger was out on the course yesterday at Riviera he shot one over good for 49th on the day all right that's uh, everything you need to know We do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. He is uh, eight shots back of Patrick Cantlay heading into today. So if you were uh, a Tiger fan more than a golf fan, but you're excited to see him, he is wearing, I believe, his new uh, gear. Right. Sunday, Sunday red. red. Yeah. Yep. Sunday the red. S-T-R. Yeah. 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 Yep. And he gave up the old TW logo and said he didn't even want it. He's like, yeah, I've moved on. I don't care. I've given up the TW. I guess Nike must own the rights to it. And he's like, yep, I'm out. Don't care. He's moving on. Kind of cool and weird, like a powerful, like, no thanks to a
3: brand that he's used for that long. I
0: know. And it, it's sort of a weird time to come up with a new brand. Like, yeah. not that ti- Tiger no, isn't need- a huge no. name still. He is but it's hard to really, you know, push the new brand when you're only playing a couple tournaments a year and Yeah, I don't know. That whole thing, I would love to know the behind the scenes on that. Maybe whoever did the Air movie will do a second one on the breakup of Tiger Woods and Nike, and we'll learn what was really going on there. All right, Uh, baseball today. We are going to talk to Bryce Miller. We did it yesterday. We uh, taped that after the show. He was a lot of fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. That's coming up in about an hour at 7.30. Uh, We also spoke to Ryan Divish, who is uh, in the building, ready to go, keeping our spot warm for us, as we'll be down there in a couple of weeks. You'll hear everything from Ryan next on Brock and Salk.
4: This is Brock and Salk. Powered
0: through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle
2: Sports app.
0: We're going to talk to Ryan Divish here in just a moment or two. Of course, he is in Peoria getting himself uh, settled and viewing the pitchers, the catchers, and even some of the... Other folks who have already reported for duty down there, we will be there not next week, but the week after. And uh, the weather looks tremendous, kind of all the way through. It looks like a much better year than last year, which is nice for us.
3: Is Brock going to take us out to top golf again I don't anything know what like that? Plan. No, we're going planning. A,
4: no, we're going on a course this time. Oh, we're going to play for real. We're oh, a real, real course? That sounds yes. good. Yes. Yes. I'm not, Justin's know, not bringing bring his, bring his clubs. clubs yeah, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. You can either use Salk's little short ones or my extra long ones. Either way. <laughs> my little short ones? What do you think I have? Like miniature clubs? Uh, what is well, wrong they're with fitted, you? They're fitted to you. You know they're fitted for five nine I mean, they're just standard length. Guy.
0: What are
3: you talking right. about?
4: My little clubs. Why
0: don't you little Tommy Malones, man? What is wrong <laughs> with you? Why do you have to be like this? I love you, and so there's so many things about you I love. I, I, I you can't love all of me. Okay, well, there's got to be clearly. I didn't Good. argue with you. I mean, we have a major political difference today. Yes, we do. We have not spoken about it not at a all. word. But now you got to come out and take cheap shots it's like calling my clubs little and That's miniature. I'm sorry, it's just wrong. Rock, Will you forgive me? I got while i'm down there i don't know where you think, is, think i have all this time to that is not right i, I can't sorry,
4: believe Saul. you would say that something was, like that was that. uncalled for that was that was seriously that was uncalled for. for maybe like you know ty francis short little arms helping bench press that maybe was those uncalled things for too are just inappropriate right, we'll try not to insult our next
0: guest ryan div is joining us right now from peoria of the seattle times of course ryan how's it going down there
5: uh Salk, i am sitting out on the uh, patio where you guys set up shop and yes. overtake the complex and i'm having a dutch brothers nitro cold brew to fit in with the, the bougie people down here and i'm watching solid. uh sam haggerty do sprints
4: mm, solid that sounds pretty good were those Holy
5: two cow, taylor tramell looks like a linebacker he, he is
4: cantic he is he is built like a brick house how good were those two oh. double doubles yesterday
5: uh, those were actually on, uh, was that yesterday? It's starting to run together already. Uh, no, that was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, my first official meal every year at spring training has been two double doubles or sometimes a three by three. I don't go Carlos, uh, whatever that fat pitcher was for the Mariners. Carlos he ate Silver? The four four by four. Uh, he ate four four by fours one year Gross. in the clubhouse. Oh. Brandon Morrill called it the most disgusting display of eating <laughs> he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> But uh, I had a couple double doubles on Mon- I had a couple double doubles on Tuesday and then yesterday there is a little place by the, the Target here called Leo's Island Barbecue and it's some yes. of the best Hawaiian food yes. you'll yes. have. Yes. And they yes. they will happily substitute out the vegetables and give you extra mac salad. Oh wow. That's right so up your alley. You need more life. Yeah.
0: Now will you get to Culver's for uh, for the, uh, walleye the walleye sandwich?
5: See, I don't love the walleye sandwich, Mm. but I love the custard or whatever that stuff is. Oh, yeah, that stuff's good. I mean, like it's just—it is so bad for you. And so, what I will do sometimes is
0: like go for a long walk or go to the gym. Oh, that yeah, totally and go
5: straight to Culver's. Totally yeah. evens it all you know? out. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're Throw fine. Throw some whiskey in it too. Make a nice milkshake with it. <laughs> all right,
0: let's talk some baseball. We're not just going to talk Peoria—the Peoria food scene, which is you know mostly fast food. But uh, what is the vibe down there? And it's always sort of the first question. And and what is it? What does it feel like getting this group back together?
5: Uh, it's 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 better than I thought it would be like, you know, considering how the season ended and then kind of how the off season started, you know, and then all the stuff they did towards the end there, you get down here and it's definitely different. Like it's a lot more upbeat than I thought. And I was surprised at the number of position players that were here and have been here for over a week. I mean, like talking with Scott service and some of the clubbies and stuff, they, you know, Hanager has been here for a while and JP and France, these guys have been in and out and, You know, I think that kind of speaks to, you know, the anticipation of the season, maybe the excitement. You got some young guys that kind of have some stuff to prove. So there's been a bunch of guys here early. And uh, I think that's always speaks well of kind of the motivation. You don't have a bunch of veterans just rolling in and thinking, oh, yeah, here we go again. These guys are kind of here to try and get better. I mean, if you look at it too, there are a lot of guys on this team that have a lot to prove still, even like the superstar. I mean, he wasn't happy with how his season went. He got here early and he was putting in work and scott service today mentioned just that having brant brown and tommy joseph the new hitting coaches here living in the arizona area living near the complex they invited guys to come down early and start working with them so they could kind of get a feel for what they want to do and all the players kind of bought into it so i think that's a really big thing
4: the favorite move of this entire off season for ryan divish was which one
5: oh uh, well from like the the writer's standpoint it was bringing Haniger back because like i've known that guy forever and I get along with them really well, but from a baseball standpoint, the Polanco move was kind of like the okay, this is different. You know, like when they when they traded for Hanegar and Rayleigh and they did all that stuff, I kind of thought, okay, maybe they'll be done. Like you, you know, I didn't think they wanted to be, but if they couldn't make anything work, they could piece together second base with Josh Rojas and and uh, Dylan Moore. But when they were able to get Polanco, and then you put him in, and you put him in at the top of the order, a switch hitter. Uh and that, you know, it gives you that lineup versatility, you know, Scott likes to go left right. And I'm like, Okay, this is this is interesting. Like you get him, now you have more and Rojas, you can do them at use them at third base some, you have some options. I mean, I just felt like just made them a lot more interesting offensively. I thought they'd be okay offensively, but you bring Polanco in, they have the potential to be a lot, lot better.
4: Yeah, I
0: I would agree with that. And I think he's probably the player they're most excited about. It's funny. And I I don't know. Maybe this is my own fault for whatever reason. Every time we go through this offseason, I keep forgetting about Mitch Garver, which is bizarre because he's now like the most expensive free agent position player that this team has brought in in forever. So what do do you make of that move and and how big of a, a difference can he make for this team?
5: Well, I just like, I like the idea of having more of an everyday DH. I know some people hate it, you know, like, and I understand why the Mariners were trying to use it differently in past years. But I just think, like, if you have a guy that's a it's a pretty good all-around hitter and you have him penciled in every day, I think it just l- provides some stability to your lineup. Uh, you know, and, and Garver is going to be an everyday DH for the most part. I mean, if he's, not, if he's not hitting a DH, I doubt he's playing. I don't see him catching a lot. I know he's been here catching some, but, uh, I just think having that guy there, so you can kind of pencil around that guy, you know, it, it makes a difference. I mean, so much in the last few years, we only knew that the the first four guys, usually or the first three guys in the lineup, were going to play every day. You know, we're going to be in there consistently, and the rest of it was all platoons and pieced together. Well, now they don't have that. You know, and it, you know, I wrote in the paper the other day some of the numbers, but they hadn't had a guy get more than 250 plate appearances at the at the. DH spot in quite a while. I mean, Daniel Vogelbach had 330, I think, in 2019. And before that, it was Cruz. The rest of them has been pieced together. So I think having Garver, having a guy that you're in there every day, you don't see Sam Haggerty at DH one day or Jose Caballero or Dylan Moore. Like, you have a real guy there. I mean, that's a, that's a premium position. I get the need to keep guys healthy. But there was too many premium offensive positions where they were trying to piece together platoons or trying to, you know, patch in spots. And not getting production from it i just think that's a waste of a
4: spot see all times ryan divish here with us one thing you have in common to a degree with us ryan is that somebody that you're used to seeing for a long time and for Salk and i was pete carroll for 14 years and then last week here comes a guy half his age and mike mcdonald sit down for our first mike mcdonald conversation can be a little different without larry stone and his bananas next to you in that uh, old media room
5: you know it's it's crazy. I. I talk with adam jude a little bit um and just kind of say you know I, I was going back and looking and the percentage of columns that larry wrote on baseball was so high and he had a really good touch about being critical without being over the top you know he wasn't mm-hmm. going jay mariotti or skip bayless on him but he would be critical when he needed to be and i think that's the big thing is like yeah larry came down and he stole all the fun stories he was like hey ryan I'm going to write about Julio this week, but if you want to write about Trent Thornton, that's okay. I'll write about Garrett or, you know, all the fun stories. But um, he did also have to write a lot of the tough ones. And so I told Adam, like, we're going to have to be kind of cognizant of that. You know, Mike Burrell Mm -hmm. and Matt Hawkins are good columnists, but baseball is not their forte. So we're going to have to be able to be willing to write some of the critical stuff or the big picture stuff that Larry often handled. I mean, kind of saw that in the off season when I got after John Fenton a little bit about not coming out and speaking to what's going on with the team, you know, we're going to have to do that more just because Larry's kind of a loss. Yeah. You know,
4: yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that and all the equity that he had built for so many decades in the market. Ryan Divish here with us. Speaking of that, um, now that everybody is largely there, or come Monday, the whole team will be there, but a bunch of the players are already there. Ryan, have you done all your penciling? Have you figured out exactly where they are in payroll as we sit here to begin this season?
5: I think they're 132 or 133. Now, that's a rough estimate, and that can increase. You know, they've got other stuff built in, but, you know, I would think. We kind of thought they'd be around 140 to 145 was their overall. So they're within range. I mean, they have a little bit of capital to work with. I don't know that they're going to spend it all right away. It's not like, you know, when Brock goes to the grocery store and he has $200, he goes straight to the protein aisle and the supplements aisle and dumps it all right there. You got to save some for the other aisle. More true than
0: you would think, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Do you, well. Do you see them doing anything
0: else?
5: Do you see them doing
4: anything else? I
0: mean, we've sort of talked a little
4: bit. Yeah, about my forming Matt cream is seventeen freaking bucks with J. Crew. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Holy!
0: Cow. We, we've we've talked a little bit about uh, about Matt Chapman specifically here in the last week or so because Bellinger's probably not going to be a fit, and you know now that Soler's off the table, it does seem like like the market for Chapman is pretty dry which maybe could lower his value enough that you come in at the end and say, Hey, this guy puts us over the top. He solidifies the one position of vulnerability. Do you think that could happen?
5: I mean, I, I don't see why it can't. And I, I don't think that you should, I don't think that they should like leave it off the table. I, I know they've discussed it internally. I think you know, it's It's basically a question of what, what Boris is willing to give or give into, you know, he's been very, very rigid and usually he wins in the end, but maybe at some point Matt Chapman doesn't want to go two weeks into spring training and not have a home. You know, remember, remember that a couple of years ago with Dallas Keuchel and some of those guys, they were at a they were down in Florida hitting on their own at this private spring training thing. Players don't like that and they usually believe that it doesn't lead to success in the season. So I, I think you know if, if Matt Chapman goes unsigned for a week or two here, I think the number is going to change and Matt Chapman may have to go to Boris and say, I want to go somewhere. We need to lower the number. And if you're the Mariners, if you can get him on a, you know, I don't think he's going to sign a one-year deal, but if you can get him on a three-year deal, you know, and, and it's it's within range, maybe that's when Jerry Depoto goes to John Stan and say, hey, look, we've done a lot based on what you wanted us to do and the the limitations you put on us, but here's a guy right here that finishes our lineup, and we go from maybe a uh, a solid team with everything goes right to you know you remove some of the what if happens or what if injury happens if you add him? I mean, Chapman's not the world's greatest hitter anymore. Maybe he could be, but, like, they have some issues defensively. Yeah, And, and I mean, like I, I said to Perry Hill today when I walked by, I go, let's say he got some work cut out for you this year and the look of pain on his face because, I mean, you know, Arias is not a good defensive third baseman and Polanco's not a great defensive second baseman, you know, and even JP has regressed a little bit. But the look on his face is just like, yeah, I've been busy already. So you get Matt Chapman that cleans up a lot of stuff. It it really does.
0: It's funny. It's hard for me because if they were going to spend that kind of money, I don't know that Chapman is the guy I would have wanted them to spend it on given some of the other players that have been out and around and, you know, I would have wanted them to trade for Soto and and spend real money. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many other things I think they could have done with money. But as you sit here today, it's hard to argue there's anybody else out there who completes this lineup better, given all the other things they've done and the position that he plays.
5: Well, yeah, like you've talked about it before, but sometimes a player's value is all about the timing of need of opportunity. You know, like Matt Chapman's value to the Mariners three months ago maybe wasn't as high when they were still trying to piece together how they're going to even have the payroll to do anything. But now Matt Chapman's value to the Mariners is a little higher because they finished all these other pieces. And here's one piece and you say, look, this is the accentuating piece. We don't have to do anything else. You know, and that's the one thing you could sell on to stand is maybe like, Hey, look, if we do this now, we might not need to go get guys at the Mm -hmm. trade deadline or as many guys, you know, and, and because of that, then you're giving up prospect capital and everything else. So, I mean, like, I think it has to be the right number for them to engage in it. But, I mean, the number's got to be changing as we speak with each passing day because Matt Chapman is a guy that's, like, about routine, too. And I think that's one reason why the Mariners even are interested is the defensive aspect of it. They believe you can hit still a little bit. But, like, the guy's a worker. He fits in. That's the one thing I've noticed about all these guys they've gotten, Garver, Polanco, you know, Rayleigh, Hanniger, bringing him back. They fit in. There's no more. They're not taking the chances on on guys that they don't know about, like the winkers of the world. They want guys that are going to work and are going to bind exactly what they're doing Mm because they just don't have time. I mean, their window is limited and you don't have time to break new guys in and wait two months for them to either get in or get out.
0: Put Polanco on that list, too, right? Uh, Just a a worker, worker, professional,
5: and
4: all of that. Yeah. I know I know the rest of the boys come in on Monday, so it's probably a little early to ask this question, but just kind of curious as we get down there in about 10 days or so, it feels like there is a lot of new faces, a lot of new names, a bunch of new positional players, a bunch of guys in the bullpen fighting for spots. Does it feel like there's more newness than you've seen in some time?
5: Yeah, it's crazy. Every well, with Jerry it's always been that way a lot. It's like new staff and new players, but you know, you walk down to the one end of the clubhouse and it's just nothing but six foot four dudes with beards that all throw ninety five, you know, like they're all and for me they're all tall. You know, it's like, Hey, you're tall, you're tall. Like I was I was trying to hang for out with Ryan. For you, Ryan Bliss is Wilson. tall. Like calm down. No, I, I, I already For you Shannon Dreyer is tall, oh. Ryan. First of all. First of all uh, I, the, the queen hasn't arrived yet, so no. it's been nice and mellow. I haven't gotten yelled at yet. Um, but I, I did, uh, no, I did stand by Ryan Bliss's locker to make my, feel better about myself. Cause even Ty, you know, like Ty and I have similar body, but it was wider than we are tall. Yeah. So that area is where I hang out. And then, you know, Cole Phillips, the former first round pick is here. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I was like, where's your wife at, you know, where's the paparazzi is she coming in too or what?
0: He's uh, oh, he's the one who's with uh, married to uh, what's her name, right? Uh,
5: yeah, High School Musical. I high think, School or Musical.
0: Yes, the kids uh, like uh, that uh, one. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, well, so we're, we're learning a lot. Are you also at Driveline with Ty? Did you were you also out there moving moving weights around with him?
5: Uh, no, but speaking of weights, Harry Ford just walked by. Now that guy, he's not very tall either. He should have been a fullback. Yes. Yeah. But, you and Brock I mean, can get I mean, together
4: and just
0: talk God. bodies if you want in a, in a couple weeks. Well, I mean, to...
5: like, Brock is always accentuated on the lower half of every guy. You know, sure. like, oh, look at that guy. Solid base of athleticism. But, Power no, it's, it, like it, It's crazy. I mean, like, it, it is the vibe. And I mean, for me, I've talked about it before, but I was just so disinterested in this team when the season ended. You know, like, all we had was the drama, the 54%, and all the stupid jokes that here on Twitter. <laughs> and then, like, the, you, you, you see the moves, and you're like, well, you know how's this going to work? What are they going to do? Because really, when they they got rid of Suarez and they gave away uh, Jared, I'm thinking they're just going to piece it together with quad A guys. You know, like they have no money, they're not going to do anything. Nobody's going to want to come here if they don't have these guys. And then all of a sudden, you you know, you get creative, you make some moves, you bring some guys back, and yeah, there's risk inherent with the injuries. But at the same time, at least like the guys they brought in aren't unproven in that sense. Like It's not some guy like, oh, we're going to take a chance, like the shed longs of the world. Hey, we're going to give him a chance to prove himself. No, what they got were real guys who have really produced at the big league level. They just haven't been able to stay healthy. I mean, that's a different metric than somebody who hasn't done it. Yeah. And I think for me, that's more interesting. Like, look, yeah, these guys get hurt some. But if they're out on the field, if you get, you know, 1,600 plate appearances between Garver, Haniger, and Polanco. What do you have? I mean, like, you look at the lineup, at least on paper, at least capability-wise, what these guys have, I mean, like, you're, you're probably bad in Thai France, seventh. I mean, like, think about that. Yeah, it's funny. It's I had a eighth when low. I
0: was going through it the other day. I mean, uh, yeah, somewhere at the bottom third of the order. And, and so it leads to what for a lot of people will be an incredibly annoying question, but I'll ask you anyway. Is it possible that with some of the some of the constraints put on the baseball operations group, it actually helped force them to be creative enough to make some moves that will make this team better?
5: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, like, because, like, it forced them to get out of a comfort level, and they had to reassess a lot of things about what they value versus what they had. You know, like, yeah, Gino's a great dude he's a really good dude and he, you know, that part of it will be missed, but then you're also evaluating he's 32. How is he, is he regressing? Is this like something that's a trend that's going to go down? The power's going to go down. You know, he played a lot last year, but like, is that, is that what you want? You know, do you, is Jared, you're assessing, is Jared truly going to be the guy you think he is? Is he going to take another stop, another change of scenery to be all those things? So they had to reevaluate everything and what was important to them. And what they found, I think, is like, look, the identity is the five starters, which they were able to keep, and up the middle, Cal, Julio, JP, and then we'll figure out the rest. I think that's what they, you know, they they had to reassess who they were and what was important. And yeah, you don't like the reasons why they did it. And certainly, like, I feel like they could have still added Polanco and some of these guys without having to get rid of some of the guys or add more guys through free agency. But... You know, this is where they're at. But I I do think, like, they have the potential to be significantly better, significantly more consistent. Mm. Like, you know, not the highs and lows of it all Mm. um, with this team. You know, and it's all with the caveat if if they stay healthy. But that's with any team, too, though, really.
0: Well, we're going to be down there, uh, not next week, but the week after. Uh, we will uh, be basking in the same sunshine that you were in right now, uh, maybe drinking the same uh, nitro cold brew that you're drinking mm-hmm. and uh, observing all the same stuff. So we appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving us a little primer on what things
5: look like, and we'll be down there in a little bit. Did you already pack your clubs and have them sent down? Or I got to play between just, now yeah. and then. I mean, you know. I mean, do you – are you bringing the dog? I would to like have to. Tucker, you know, own the dog. Uh,
0: I would like to. She's not quite ready for uh, for all of that at the mm. moment, but mm. Davis, she's pretty cute. She's uh, she's a pretty good one. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, definitely <laughs> like her I, a lot. I,
5: following the uniform gate thing that everybody's complaining about on Twitter, I went and looked at the uniforms and. I mean, there are Canadian slow-pitch teams that have higher quality of jersey than what the Mariners are rolling out there right now. Yeah, These
0: Nike things are getting destroyed, Ooh, huh? What a mess. What so a weird. are they,
5: like the teal, and they, it is teal. Yeah, it's teal. The teal hats don't even match the teal that's on Ugh. their other Ugh. stuff. And it's they really should weird. just get
0: rid of the whole thing anyway, as oh. we all know, and just go to the steelhead uniforms. All right, mm. got to go. Thanks, yeah. Divish. We'll talk to you down there. See you guys. All right, there you go, Ryan Divish uh, yesterday, which was great. He's, uh, of course, down at spring training. And, yes, he did mean Cole Tucker, who – not Cole Phillips. He got his Coles confused. It happens to the best of us. But uh, Cole Tucker is married to Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. So there you go. That's what he meant.
2: I think the story on that was one of our biggest stories on our website last month.
0: Because of Vanessa yeah. Hudgens.
2: <laughs> I would assume.
0: She's a Mariners player right? married a Hollywood star.
2: Yeah. She's, She's had
0: some like ups and downs, I think, in her life. Is my understanding of
2: I mean, most Vanessa people like get famous when they're yeah, most teenagers like, do. Actors
0: as kids, yeah. She was a High School Musical, right? Yeah, my kids really like the High School Musical movies, so mm-hmm. uh, there's been a lot of Vanessa Hudgens in our in our home over the last five years or so. And then uh, there's a ver- there's a lot of other like later takes on High School Musical that involve other people that are in it. I think Olivia Rodrigo might even be in one of the. Various sequels to that. So uh, I might be wrong about that too. Then there's stuff with Demi Lovato because she was in Camp Rock. So it's uh, man, it's a lot. I get man, a, all the Disney stuff. Yeah, I get a lot of that in my life, Justin. You'd be surprised how much of that I've watched over the course of the last five years. Or maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> be. I don't think I would. Maybe. Be. Maybe, maybe based on
3: your deep Taylor Swift knowledge, I am not surprised <laughs>
0: that you've got the. Maybe you wouldn't be. Hey, how about what Taylor did yesterday? By the way, that's pretty cool. Did she did yesterday? Uh, she. There was a GoFundMe set up for the DJ in Kansas City who died in the shooting. Lisa Lopez. Lisa Lopez yeah. is her name, and uh, they were hoping to raise seventy-five thousand dollars that was the goal taylor herself donated a hundred grand oh, that's cool pretty cool that's, yeah and uh, you my, can do that yeah yeah and my guess is that there will be you know many of her fans that see that and you know are obsessed with everything she does and will will join in as well so awful awful tragedy but uh nice to see that she uh stepped up like that all right um brock's going to be in here in a minute geno smith is still a seahawk that we know so does that mean he will still be here when the season opens in September? Not everyone is convinced. That's next on Brock and Sulk.